0: All right, welcome back once again, everybody. I'm Don Seifer. It's the Dr. Tree Fruit and Don podcast. I'm here with Dr. Carrie Peters. Say hi, Carrie. Hello. It is Monday, April 24th, and this is another fruit bite. So, Carrie, you have an update for yourself, and you have one from Dr. Krawchek on entomology. Correct. And then we have a list of all the upcoming spring orchard meetings, I guess, since we're not calling them twilights because they're not all in the twilight.
1: Yes, that is correct. Cool. We've got kind of a full docket today.
0: Yeah. I was going to say this should be a a nice, nice full fruit bite. So yeah.
1: (laughs) All righty. Okay. So first I'm going to give Dr. Greg Krofcheck's update. And I will say that I did misspeak last week when I was mentioning about what needed to be controlled when Um, this, and I was just mentioning to Don, this is why a plant pathologist should not wing it when it comes to entomologist updates. But after talking to Greg, I really, it wasn't a bad recommendation. It was like, I just got the insect wrong. So I'll cover that in a second. Um, so th- this is what Greg has. These are the bullet points that folks should be thinking about for this week. Number one, monitoring traps for codling moth, oriental fruit moth, tufted apple bud moth, and lesser peach tree bore should be placed in the orchards. That I was correct on. Get your traps out. Plum curculio uh, curculio adults are already in the orchard. Petal fall insecticide applications will control what is already inside the orchard, but will have minimal impact on plum curculio adults migrating into the orchards later when temperatures become warm again. Scale insects, so this is San Jose scale on apples and San Jose scale and white peach scale on stone fruit, should be controlled when the crawlers are active based on the forecast and the earliest effective timing will be during the first week of May. This is where I was wrong last week about insecticides at petal fall for white peach scale. But Greg did say I did recommend and write insecticides at petal fall to control these other insects. So I wasn't, I didn't get my hand slapped too much, but let that be a lesson to me, the plant pathologist to stay in my lane and not give entomologist recommendations when the entomologist is out of town. So I'll just repeat that again. The scale insects at San Jose scale on apples and San Jose scale and white peach scale on stone fruit should be controlled when the crawlers are active. And the crawlers are going to be active based on the forecast and the earliest effective timing will be during the first week in May. So that's when you want to be controlling the crawlers for the scale insects. European apple soft fly, if present, can only be controlled during the petal fall application. And cold weather, the last point he has is the cold weather is delaying insect activities, but not eliminating them. So when the weather becomes warm again, everything will be ready to become very active. So folks have been warned. You get kind of a breather this week, sort of, with things being cool and things moving slowly. But the second we get warm weather, things are going to go crazy. Okay, so that's the, the insect side of things. So now for diseases. Okay, we've just come through a really big kind of disease crunch, both for apple scab and for fire blight the last two weekends or really like the last 10 days or so. Uh, So in the south central part of PA or really whoever's been blooming in Pennsylvania um, the last week and a half, and you may still be blooming because I still see quite a bit of bloom in Adams County, even as of this morning. Um, So right now we're on the downside of apple scab. We had two really good infection periods. We had that infection period on April fifteenth, um, sixteenth, and we had one this weekend, um, which was on April twenty second, twenty third. Based on the wetness hours, so as you know, apple scab um, spores that come from the overwinter that overwinter in those old leaves from last year, they don't all mature at once, but their peak of their peak maturity is right now or I should say it just really passed. So the maximum number of available mature spores is really from about late pink through petal fall or early petal fall, which is right now. So really, we got two big bursts, two really huge bursts of spore activity the last two weekends. Um, So, But the good news is for those folks that are kind of on the other side of bloom now, Um, Even though I am seeing peak bloom, I should say, even though I'm seeing still a little bit of bloom out there, we're on the downside of it. We're past peak spore time, apple scab spore time. So, which means that there aren't a lot of mature apple scab spores left from those overwintering leaves. There's some, they're still trickling out, but we're not talking like the tens of thousands of spores that were available during the peak time around, you know, during the bloom period. Um, so but for those folks that are listening who may not be at Bloom yet, who may still be in pink or are nearing Bloom or just started Bloom, you are still in that peak zone, that potential peak zone for Apple scab. Now we do have some cooler temperatures in the forecast. Um, and also there are some forecasted rain events. So just remember that you know with Apple scab, you just need an average temperature of 60 and a minimum of six leaf wetness hours to be a significant event. But the cooler it is, the cooler the average temperature, the more wetness hours. So this week looks the end of this week looks a little iffy as far as a kind of a prolonged potential, I should say, for a prolonged wetting event. But you know, we really won't know until it's here. So just that be a warning to the folks that are like probably in late pink or somewhere in pink and are. Approaching bloom, So those are the orchards in the northern part of the state uh, that may be at that point. Uh, but folks in the southern half of the state that may have already been past bloom, if, you know, hopefully you've had fungicides on your trees the last two weekends and you should be okay. Um, so that's the story for apple scab. As far as fire. Blight goes. So again, we had two really good weekends for fire blight um uh, uh, for those of us in the south central part of the state who were blooming uh April 14th, 15th, and 16th in this weekend. And so two really good fire blight infection events. And they were not, they, they weren't light, I should say they weren't low infections events, they were pretty significant with the temperature, and we had a rain event. And we also had fog here, high humidity on Friday. So on Friday that actually triggered the wetness hours did trigger an infection event on Friday for at least Adams County. So hopefully folks had their streptomycin spray on last week, you know, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday at the latest. Uh, I did hear there were some, you know, some uh, orchard sprayers going on on Saturday morning. Uh, So Right now, we're on the latter half of the bloom time in the south central part of the state. So what do we need to be thinking about for fire blight? Well, because we had two pretty significant fire blight infection events during a key time of bloom, I would highly recommend growers to be thinking about Apogee. So, you know, Apogee takes 10 to 14 days to kick in. This will help with shoot blight that may creep up on you unknowingly. So let's hope that your streptomycin spray you know, for lack of a better phrase, nipped everything in the bud. And so you didn't have any, you know, infections that slipped by. But if you did Apogee um, hardening off the shoots by Apogee, because that's what Apogee does, it thickens the plant cell walls and subsequently hardens off those shoot tips, you know, it will make those shoot tips um, unappealing for bacteria, the Erwinia bacteria to infect. Um, So you won't get shoot blight. So I would be proactive in, you know, putting out Apogee or Kudos, the prohexadione calcium. Kudos is the generic, you know, as far as just in light of the conditions we had. So if you have big older trees, older semi-dwarf trees that have filled in their tree space, consider the higher rate of Apogee or Kudos at 6 to 12 ounces. If you have smaller semi-dwarf trees, consider a lower rate Uh, just because of what the conditions are. And, you know... I'm not quite sure. It looks like we're in the 60s this week. It looks like we're in the 60s maybe next week. But before you know it, the hot weather's going to come. And Erwinia can lie in wait, especially when it's in this in-between temperature zone right now. And it will pop up when you least expect it. So, you know, when you would probably see it, it's probably in the next two weeks or so. Uh, so just be alert, be monitoring your orchards to see if you see any infection. Um, hopefully folks, you know, were kind of on their toes and kept everything covered up. Um, so now for folks that are just starting bloom, I don't see any, or uh, when uh, I'm sorry, any fire blight conditions in the forecast. Uh, but again, it's this sort of like a day by day thing where you're monitoring um, the conditions. But right now it looks like we're going to be cooler temperatures. It's going to be in the low 60s. It's going to be in the 50s or 40s or 30s, depending on where you're at, where you're at for the lows. These temperatures are really cool for Erwinia. Erwinia doesn't like it that cold. And so it's going to discourage the bacterial population from getting to crazy levels, potential levels in the blossoms. So Hopefully, you know, nothing's going to be triggered, you know, by, you know, the conditions in the future um, because just of how cool it is. But again, that's what I'm saying today on Monday, April 24th, everything could change in two days because that's just seems how things are going lately. So just be mindful of that. Uh, The next disease I want to talk about that relies on wetness is Marcinina blotch or apple blotch because what we're learning is that it seems when apple scab spores from the overwintering leaves drop off, that's when marcenina comes in. So we're in that zone of marcenina becoming active. However, it likes really warm temperatures at like 68 to 77 degrees. Um, So last year that coincided with conditions in mid-May. This year, Uh, we sort of had it during bloom, but I'm not quite sure if the spores were out there because we weren't monitoring spores for it this year. So, but if you were protecting for apple scab, you were protecting for marcenina blotch. So no harm, no foul there, but it's what's coming up in the next few weeks that I'm, I'm concerned about, especially if temperatures turn warm. So my public service announcement for marcenina blotch is be vigilant till late May. Because I do know that we have seen spores in Boku amounts through late May. So what does that mean? It means don't, um, as far as don't be negligent with your sprays, don't stretch your intervals too much when it comes to the rain events, especially when, if we hit these temperatures of 68 to 77 degrees. And if there is a rain event and it is warm, just be aware that Marcenina, it only takes four leaf wetness hours to cause an infection event. Just four. That's not that much. Um, so something um, that I want folks to just be very, uh, really hyper vigilant on because if you if you suppress the infection now, it's not going to be a problem in the summer. And so that's why this time period right now is very critical. It's the primary period. So apple scab is going, so that's great that's good if you made it through, great, but don't let your guard down because now we've got to worry about marcenina blotch. Um, so as far as the products that work for marcenina blotch there's it's FRAC the FRAC group, group 3 fungicides, the FRAC group 7 fungicides. So hopefully folks were using some FRAC group 7 during Um, the last week or so, maybe frac group three. So, frac group three, you've got Inspire Super, you've got Luna Flex. That Luna Flex has three and seven. You've got Sevia, Sevia is great for Marcenina. That's a frac group three. Uh, you also, you've got Indar, you know, you max out Indar, Indar will work. Uh, on your frac group sevens, you have a lot. You've got Luna Tranquility, you've got Luna Flex. You've got um, excalia, you've got Tesserus, which used to be it's frac group seven by itself Aprovia Fontalis. There's a lot of products out there frac three and frac seven. probably frac nine. We haven't tested frac nine that's Vanguard um, but I'm'm I'm, I'm tentatively guessing that this would work. The fungicides not to use right now is frac group 11. <laughs> frac group 11 or your Strobularins. That has um, the products that FRAC group, group 11 are Luna Sensation, Marivon, Flanextra, Methyl. Um, those products, save those for the summer, particularly Luna, uh, Luna Sensation, Flanextra, and Marivon. Those three fungicides save for the summer, that will control your rots. Do not use them now um, because one, the FRAC group 11s don't do anything against Marcenina. So you... So don't use something that doesn't work right now. Even though some of those have a seven in it, you are best served using those products during the summer. So that's my public service announcement for Marcenina Blotch. And which chemical to use? So just to review, Frac three and seven and nine right now through the end of May. Starting in June, switch over to your Frac elevens to to control for rots. Okay. So the la- and then the very last thing I'll mention. Because this is something that we forget about. We're always so focused on wedding events and leaf wetness hours. We forget about what happens during the dry days, which we had basically. We were bookended by wedding events with this night stretch of dry days during the week on um, the last couple of weeks. Powdery mildew. Powdery mildew is considered a dry weather disease. It does not like free standing water, like extended leaf wetness hours. Powdery mildew. It likes weather that is from 50 degrees to 77 degrees. That's the temperatures it's happiest at. And it also likes a high relative humidity of at least 70% or higher. So that can be probably achieved just within the microclimate of the tree. So doesn't take much as far as the humidity. So we've had lots of dry weather days. And I can tell you, I already see the powdery mildew popping up in my Rome, little Rome orchard. Uh, and actually I think it's the powdery mildew spores are living in the buds. It's living in the fire buds, it's living in the shoot buds. And it can abort flowers when it's not controlled. And so I, I've seen that happen personally. So one thing to be mindful of um, for apples, uh, for the folks in the North, you probably have already passed tight cluster, but tight cluster is when you wanted to start for powdery mildew keep up with powdery mildew, especially during this dry weather period to keep the powdery mildew suppressed. Uh, I would say, again, you want to be mindful of this probably through the middle of May or late May, as far as this primary powdery mildew period. Uh, for stone fruit, for controlling, so the powdery mildew and stone fruit is rusty spot. So that'd be rusty spot on peaches and nectarines. Um, and other, you know, plums, apricots, et cetera. So if you have any stone fruit that's powdery mildew prone, uh, I know one, loring, for example, is powdery mildew prone, or loring is rusty spot. So rusty spot is the powdery mildew on the fruit. The time period for controlling for rusty spot or powdery mildew on your stone fruit is petal fall, shuck split, first cover, and second cover. So it's, Those four critical sprays. So as far as be mindful of what you're spraying during that time, if you are, if your varieties are susceptible to powdery mildew. So again, FRAC group three fungicides are very important. This will help you. Also sulfur. Let's not forget sulfur, both for apple and for peaches. It's cheap. Um, And so, you know, this will be good for any organic folks as well. Uh, so sulfur is, is very good for controlling powder mildew. And that reminds me, I forgot to mention a, really an important public service announcement about Marceni nablatch for the organic growers. And I've said this at multiple meetings. I've said this at the Mid-Atlantic Fruit and Vegetable Convention at Hershey. If you are growing apple scab resistant varieties because you are an organic grower and you think you can get away with not applying any fungicides during the apple scab period, gone are those days because now marcenine has taken over. You must, must, must be controlling for this disease during the apple scab period. And your only control of choice is sulfur. If you do not apply anything you are going to get premature defoliation, which is going to mess up your tree. That's the, that is my technical assessment. It'll mess up the tree. How will it mess up the tree? Your fruiting buds will not get set correctly. How do I know this? Because I've experienced it with my own research orchards. I've always said when it comes to disease, there is such thing as too much of a good thing. So you want to control that disease early in the season and, and early right now is a time you need to control for Marcenina blotch. So if you have apple scab resistant varieties and you're farming organically, you must apply sulfur right now and you need to be doing it through this, through this period, through about, you know, late May, which is the Marcenina primary period. If you are able to suppress the disease, you should be good for the rest of the summer and you'll be able to, to let up on the sulfur control. So, so yes. So that is the, so covered um, we're on the downside for apple scab for the South central part of PA. It could be right at peak for folks who are at pink and early bloom for the Northern part Uh, fire blight. We've had two really big fire blight infection events for the Southern part of the state Uh, folks who are in bloom in the Northern part of the state, you might be able to Breathe a little easier because it doesn't look like there's any fire blade infection events on the horizon, at least this week. Uh, Marcenina blotch, don't pull up, you know, don't pull your foot off the the accelerator here uh, as far as disease control right now. And this goes for the people who spray alternate row middle. Just because we're out of apple scab doesn't mean that you can start stretching, you know, stretching, really stretching your spray intervals. We still have to worry about marcenina blotch. Um, So frack groups three, nine, and seven from arsenina blotch through about late May. Organic growers, you must be spraying sulfur right now. Organic apple growers on those scab-resistant varieties. Powdery mildew, it's a dry weather disease. Uh, Folks should be spraying um, during these dry weather days. Powdery mildew focused products. And I forgot to mention them. You've got Torino on apple, which you're allowed one shot a season uh, you've got Rhyme and Trionic, which are very powdery mildew focused. Uh, you uh, have uh, Inspire Superworks. You've got Sulfur that works as well on powdery mildew. Stone Fruit for controlling rusty spot. Petal Shuck Split, first cover, second cover. Um, and so, oh, and I mentioned as far as um, back to Fire Blight, just as a reminder, again, because we had two really very good fire blight infection events the last two weekends growers should be considering apogee to shut any potential the potential of anything down that may pop up later in a few weeks on those shoots um so you know um it's it's something to consider something to think about so i think that's it don anything pop in your head disease or insect wise
0: No, you covered everything that I could think of. I know you and I spoke last week after I had, I had met with uh, some folks about fire blight and Marcenina and and those were kind of, those were kind of the major ones. So.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, it's still a lot to think about, even though we're sort of kind of, we've come through this really intense stretch, but again, vigilance is still important and don't let your guard down. You know, really it's, we're just at the start of the season (laughs) and anything can happen as far as, you know, taking one week at a time here. So.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I think it's really interesting today. I'm sitting here looking at my thermometer and it's 51 degrees out right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it was, we were under a frost advisory uh, this morning. Um, it was 32 at my house, but, uh, but that I'm in a dip, I'm in sort of a dip, a dip area, a low area. Uh, but I, I think it was, I think it was definitely in the thirties here this morning. So,
0: yeah, I, uh, I, I've been kind of a Debbie Downer, um, over the last couple of weeks where folks are like, well, summer's here already. And I was like, well, May 15th is fr- last frost date in Pennsylvania. So. Yes.
1: Yes. So ah, uh, I know anything can happen. I I remembered seasons, especially because our, before we go, before we jump into the locations of our spring meetings, but I remember several spring meetings where there was a frost that came through and we were visiting the grower, like, how'd you make out? And like, yep, yeah, I lost everything on the hilltop or they cut through the fruit and they saw the damage already and stuff like that. So we're still not out of the woods. Like we are not out of the woods. It's still, it's still early. We're like halfway out of the woods, but not completely out of the woods. I was
0: gonna say you guys were wearing coats last year, weren't you? At the Adams County.
1: Uh, uh I was wearing winter gear. I was in long underwear at the Adams County meeting last year. It was like 32 degrees with like a 30 mile an hour wind. <laughs> and it's gonna be chilly this week, too. I mean, I'm gonna have to bundle up again. So yeah, it's yeah. Mother nature, schizophrenic mother nature doesn't know what she wants to be right now. So, so Don, do you want me to rattle off the list of meetings or do you, would you like to do it?
0: Um, no, you can go. You okay. have the list. I've right got there. the sheet. Right. I have it up so. on, a, on an email. So yours, okay. your, your paper version is probably nicer to read.
1: Okay. So, all right, folks. So listen up. We are in the spring meeting season, which starts tomorrow. So tomorrow, Tuesday, April 25th at 6.30 p.m., we are going to be at Cherry Hill Orchards in Lancaster. And that's at 400 Long Lane in Lancaster. Uh, so if you're anywhere near, if you're in Lancaster or York counties, this is a, a good meeting to come to. Uh, for Adams County, this is gonna be on Wednesday, April 26th. It will be at 6.30 and this will be at El Vista Orchards at 780 Carroll's Tract Road. Uh, And on April 27th, we're going to be in Franklin County. So there's actually going to be two locations. This is going to start at 6 p.m. We are first going to be at County Acres Cider Mill, and that's at 6574 Wayne Highway in Waynesboro.
0: Country Acres.
1: Oh, sorry. Country Acres. Thank you. Sorry. My bad. Um, need to put on need to put on the the cheaters. The, sorry. Okay. So we're going to be at Country Acres Cider Mill, and that's at sixty five seventy four Wayne Highway in Waynesboro. So we'll be there at six p.m. We'll be there first, and then we're going over to Hess's Orchard, which is just right down the road from there. Uh, and then on. The following week, on Wednesday, May 3rd, at 6 p.m., we're going to be at Shoals Orchard. So this is the southeast region or Berks County area. So Shoals Orchard is at 37 Red Church Road, and that's in Kempton. On Thursday, May 4th, we are meeting at 6.30. Uh, We're going to be at Dree's Orchard at 506 West Mountain Road in Paxinos. I think that's how you say it. P-A-X-I-N-O-S. That is the name of the town. So this is the central Susquehanna northeastern region. Um, that's that area. So if you live in that area, there's there you can go come to Dree's Orchard. On Tuesday, May 9th, so this is two weeks from now, this is in the Appalachian region at 6 p.m. We are going to be at Boyer Orchards in New Paris, and their address is 4116 Cortland Drive. On Wednesday, May 10th at 6 p.m., we are going to be at Apple Castle in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, and that's 277 State Route 18. So this is the western Western Swing, the Western PA region. And then finally, on Thursday, May 11th, this is a lunchtime meeting. This is at 12 noon. This is in Erie County, and this is at Birch Farms. Uh, so this is at 9210 Side Hill Road in Northeast Pennsylvania. So that is the list of the eight meetings over the next three weeks. So hopefully our listeners uh, will see you guys there. Uh, And I will say as a shout out (laughs) to both, uh, because it was at the Adams County meeting last year while I was freezing, I was turning into a Popsicle, that a shout out to both Ben LaRue and Sarah Zost who gave us (laughs) the idea for these fruit bites. So we are are at the one year anniversary of our fruit bites. So um, shout out to Ben LaRue and Sarah Zost. They're going to
0: hate hearing that.
1: Yes, they they are. But you know. That is the gift that keeps on giving, right? (laughs) That's fine. They
0: can harass you about it.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's good. I think we've got a a plenty full fruit bite for everyone this week. I will get this worked up and get it in everyone's hands slash ears, uh, hopefully by tomorrow morning. uh, So you won't miss anything for the fruit meetings coming up. So, all right. Thanks, Carrie.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Don. All right. We'll see you guys later. Have a good one. See you later.